What's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast. This morning, I am so excited, and please welcome our guest to today's show, Mr. Alfred Anderson. Alfred, how are you? Very good, and I appreciate you having me on. We were just chatting about um, the coffee there in Costa Rica, where you are right now, and I was making mention of the fact that um, my husband is a coffee snob and would be super jealous to know that that's something that you get to enjoy every single day. Oh, yes. Some of the best in the world here in Costa Rica. So when did you guys start the half year cycle of living in Costa Rica? Well, my wife is from Costa Rica. So we I've been coming down here for 20 years and uh, we came down this year at the end of October and I'll leave. Go back, God willing, at the end of April. You're, you're wise to avoid the snow in that um, way. Yeah, I mean, when you hit uh, in the 70s like I am, you just don't want to fight it anymore. I mean, I was born and raised in Minnesota, and I know what that weather can be like in the very worst sense of the word in the lower 48. So no more. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Now, you are a former deputy turned author. So I want to get into a little bit about your career because I'm super curious to know how that, that shift was made. Okay. Um, I, I basically last year began writing, actually the book Deputy Know Your Rights started five years ago when I was asked by many people to relate or write a book because of anecdotal stories I would tell them. So I wrote the first three chapters about five years ago and I died. I just, you know, I guess I just, my experience in writing wasn't there until last year when I came down here and a good friend of mine had published a book and he says, you need to finish that book. It sounds too good not to finish. So I did. It didn't take me that long to finish it. And then from then uh, I started writing. (laughs) My brother actually wrote it and uh, read it. I'm sorry. And asked, is there any more in you like a novel? And I said, no, no, no. So then I decided, uh, then all of a sudden, it was like an epiphany. I, Sasha, my guardian Sasquatch, came to forefront in my thinking because Sasquatches are very famous up in the Northwest. And in fact, I've got anecdotal personal uh, information from a second hand about them right around the area where I live in Northeast Washington. So I decided to incorporate in the second book um, the theme of a Sasquatch, but also more along the lines of law enforcement again. A young deputy sheriff becomes elected as the sheriff and is fighting against a Mexican cartel, uh, bringing in illegals and illegal drugs through Canada. So that's kind of the theme of the second book, Sasha. Well, the third book I've written continues that theme with that with uh, the Sasha in um, personage or entity, but now incorporates the theme of a sheriff that is this same sheriff is trying to form militia to protect his county against southern invasion and also illegal illegal elements that are you know running roughshod over the rights of the citizen from the federal government standpoint. 
So it's, um, I don't know it, where it comes from. People ask me, I didn't know you had it in you, and I didn't either. But <laughs> I guess it, 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 there two of them are published, and the third one will be out here in April. That's exciting. And um, yeah, I can understand why people wanted you to be able to mass produce more of what's inside of your mind, because uh, the the take that you're and the angle, I think, is going to be incredibly interesting to consume. I know I purchased Deputy Know Your Rights. I'm saving that for my flight next week. Um, we have a giveaway. Of course, I completely forgot about that, but we're giving away a grunt style Lucky Arms t-shirt to whoever comments the most within 24 hours so that you do not get pinched next month. So if you guys have any questions as Alfred and I are going through today's interview, then drop them down below. Now, Alfred, I, I know that a lot of the clients that I work with, something that they talk about when transitioning out of law enforcement, be it because they retired or um, for medical reasons or whatever it is, they have a difficult time finding um, that sort of dopamine hit or that rush or that drive to, to do something that allows them to maintain that same sense of purpose after they've retired. And I'm, I'm wondering what advice you might have having been able to um, just work on projects like this. What advice do you have for somebody who might be in the beginning stages of that transition? Well, as far as into writing or just just having life. something. Yeah. Having just something after, after law enforcement. Well, for me, I've always been a self-starter and I always had things, you know, I started late in law enforcement at the age of 40. So I had already done a lot before I got into law enforcement. I wasn't in it that long, only about six years. And I decided I had to get out because I was, I had assets and the possibility of a lawsuit was just too alarming to me to sacrifice what I had built in 40 years. So I got out because of that reason, mainly not that I was, you know, I had done anything wrong, but the possibility was too great. So I had a lot of experience of other things in my life before that basically like building, I did a lot of construction work. I did, you know, and also building my own businesses, but it's the type of thing where one individual has to find that like or dislike in their lives that can carry them forward. So beyond that, I, I couldn't answer it any better than just find what you like to do and do it. You know, law enforcement was a good career. In fact, it was the best career of my life. It was very eye-opening and very uh, rewarding. But beyond that, when you, one gets to the point of retirement, one has to find that like or dislike to continue him forward. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I know with things like, Constitution shifting gears here. I know with things like constitution auditors and social media being what it is today. Good morning. Good morning. Um, a lot of police officers or first responders in general, they are in the limelight like they never have been before. So talk to us a little bit about what somebody might be able to expect if they purchase your book, Deputy Know Your Rights. And, and why it's important for law enforcement to really have that knowledge, that constitutional knowledge of the oath that they took in the first place um, and to be able to live by that every day. Well, number one, uh, the American educational system is abysmal as far as teaching us the basic understanding of our rights. 
Let me give you one example, the Second Amendment. I bring it out in the book, as well as the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, which are very important when interacting with the police. Everybody thinks the Second Amendment was all about self-defense and hunting. No. If anybody wants to read the truth of the matter, it was about, and I'll read it for you, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state That's the beginning part of it. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So what was the purpose of putting in the militia part of it? Well, the founding fathers knew that in order to keep the power in the people's hands against a tyrannical government, it was necessary that we had the arms to do it. And that's what it was all about. Understanding one's rights is vital in order to keep the power in the people's hands. Ben Franklin spoke to a woman after he came out of the Continental Congress, and she asked him, Sir, what government did you give us? And he replied, A republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. And that's the whole heart of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment protects the whole document. Now, we can go into the other portions of it, the First Amendment, the right to free speech, assembly, and, and, uh, and religion. But the Fourth and Fifth Amendments are what we as officers interact the public on that basis. And it's so important. We can't just make any stop we like. And it isn't the power of the police to demand an identity of a person just walking down the street. No, you got to have probable cause and a, re- and a reason to show your documents, so to speak. And it gets down to deputy explains a lot of that, explains how a person can interact with the police on a basis of respect, decency, but also no, you don't have to answer any questions. In a traffic stop or if they stop you on the, on the street, Your right to remain silent is paramount. I love the passion in your delivery here. Um, It actually makes me emotional to hear a fellow patriot um, with such vindication on the importance of the U.S. Constitution. And what I like is the fact that you're presenting it from two angles, as a law enforcement officer and then that of a civilian. And I also appreciate the fact that you acknowledge the importance of that equal level of respect, because I think above either one of those two things, it should come to the forefront when it comes to our constitutional rights. So in saying that, where do you think the issue lies with these officers that we see who who don't have probable cause, who are demanding somebody identify themselves, or they just wind up in a situation where they become the next viral clip? Why do you think those problems exist? Because they're not educated. They don't understand the true purpose of our Constitution and what it really means as far as we as law enforcement officers in regards to the citizenry. It is our job, all right, if a crime has been committed or about to be committed, to arrest. But it is not our job to judge, to criticize, or to be condescending. And that's what we see in modern policing. It's just... I can do anything. It's You have to obey everything I tell you to do. And that's BS. That's a lot of BS. There has to be respect on our part because as I live by the adage, 
Humility is the catalyst that makes power benevolent. And without humility, these cops, these police officers run rampant over the citizenry. And it's wrong. And we're seeing so many lawsuits as a result. So many governing agencies are losing millions of dollars because of bad policing. They go right to the, the to their pistol. They don't know what increment of force is all about. They just they they exert power without any kind of respect and knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I think too, from my experience in in working with police officers, a, a lot of it isn't necessarily the individual officer's fault, right? We have admin. We have um, maybe mismanagement of how things are laid out in the academy. There there are many other reasons. Not to say there aren't officers with that ego that. Uh, you were explaining. So often police will say that you have a right to remain silent only when under arrest. And then there's a great area around arrest. If I can't leave, I'm under arrest. Yeah. It's so pertinent to know the constitution as a police officer. Also, I'm just saying cost to a coffee is a second bestie. Okay. That was, I'm not sure if that's Clint. I'm guessing that that's Clint. Most people aren't aware of their rights. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. So Alfred, then what is your recommendation for everybody who kind of feels this way, but um, maybe they need to have that humble sense of truth with themselves to further educate themselves? What is the, the next step, police officer or civilian? Well, on the civilian side, and I recommend, I'm being, I'm being kind of promoting here a little bit. This book, Deputy, is a book that should be read by everybody. <clears throat> because know I, your rights. Available yes, on Amazon. Yes, because I put it in a very simple but easy-to-read sense that explains really what the Constitution is about and how to exercise our rights. Let me give you an example. When I come up to a car and I ask, start asking questions, have you had anything to drink tonight? Have you got anything in the car that you I should be aware of, et cetera, et cetera? You just simply say, officer, I choose not to answer you those questions, period. Shut up is the, is the way to handle it. Now, if they start pushing you and, you, and they, they want to say, well, if you don't answer my questions, I'm going to take you out of the car and arrest you. All right, all right. That's going to be a $100,000 lawsuit against you, officer, and your department. If you want to go that way, do it. Most of these YouTube videos we see are being recorded on that basis. Mm -hmm. So many police officers are being trapped and caught. And that's unfortunate. So it, it it's, it's, it's also a great learning experience, I think, because I think it's, it is bringing more awareness to the neglect of police officers when it comes to, you know, the, the whole purpose of their oath is to uphold their the constitutional rights and and that of um, the community. So I think that it, it is a great a great opportunity to see where those areas are lacking. Good morning. I think that was Derek who said that. Um, oh. So I think that it's important for us to not look at those videos as a form of entertainment, which I think most people are doing, but as a form of just self-inflection as to where where do I need to improve so that I don't become that next viral sensation. Well, a lot of officers don't realize what happened in the Rodney King case. And there are four officers in Philadelphia right now are facing federal violation of civil rights charges. They beat the hell out of Rodney King in Los Angeles, and they were found not guilty in state court. However, the federal government took them to court on federal violation charges of civil rights, two of them 
went to jail, to prison. Now, if that doesn't scare any police officer and, and say, maybe I better be a little bit careful of how I treat this individual so I don't violate their rights. I don't want to be in prison just, well, you've got Derek uh, or yes, Derek Chauvin, right? Mm -hmm. In his in his, you know, he didn't do anything wrong in my point of view. He was tough, but that's the way he was trained. He didn't kill that man. He didn't kill, what was his name? Oh, I forget his name now. Um, that's okay. Uh, George, somebody over in Minneapolis. But that's the point. We as officers have to obey the Constitution as well. And we can't just start demanding beyond our, our legal um, parameters that these people do anything. And that's the problem. People don't know. People don't understand their rights. And that's what I bring out in the book. Yeah, Alfred, you know what else is interesting? I'm thinking about uh, how increasing it seems to be where you see those videos, but it's two police officers, right? Like an officer pulling over another officer. And then you see the way that the two of them get into it. And it's an embarrassment really to the entire industry of law enforcement as a whole, because it shows that lack of knowledge and education um, within the community when you especially see two of them going back and forth in that way. And of course, there's ego and other things that are involved. Oh, but, but what a shame. What a shame. It is. It's sad because it's education. It's understanding and it's humility. Humility, as I say, is the catalyst that makes power, which we have, benevolent. And it's so important to approach it from that perspective because then you're gonna you're gonna eliminate a lot of the problems we see in modern policing today. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, this has been fantastic, and I'm really excited to hop off of here to have um, a, a private chat with you about a project that I am working on. But just for everybody who is listening, where can they get your book? What is the best way to get a hold of you if they want to talk to you or have questions directly? Are you available? Um, tell us all of the things. Basically, all my books will be are available on Amazon in ebook form, hard, uh, soft cover, hard cover, deputy Kindle. Miller, yes, in Kindle, correct, or Barnes and Noble. I mean, I've I've sold them worldwide, so you can get them through my name, Alfred Anderson, or uh, on Amazon is the most likely place to go and buy them, or. If you Google the or you search the name of the books themselves. Now, Sasha, uh, my guardian Sasquatch is available. And the third one is called Little Sasha will be there as well soon. And it's a continuation. Even though the names of the books are a little odd, they incorporate themes that are current, very current, such as the formation, the necess necessity to form militias in all counties deputized militias by all the sheriffs. Yeah, it's just whoever's asking um, what are the titles of the book. So it's Deputy Know Your Rights is the first one. Uh, Sasha, my guardian Sasquatch, and then Little Sasha. is, is Little, the, Little Sasha will be the third, yes. The third but one they, coming out in April. The, the novels are good because they, they're multifaceted from, you know, I'm incorporating an entity that's very mysterious and not many people know about Sasquatches. But they're also very good love stories, but they're also incorporating themes that really, I think, will grab the reader and be a page turner. 
Yeah, thank you. And, and before I finish here, I just want to make sure, is there anything that, that I should have asked you, Alfred, that I didn't? Oh, man, we could go on for hours, I think. <laughs> but at this point, it being it's a short uh, podcast, uh, I think we've kind of hit on the main themes of what I try to present. And so um, I think we're we're at a good point. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you to everybody who has tuned in. Keep dropping your comments and your questions so that I can give somebody away our Grunt Style Lucky Arms t-shirt. I will send that to you tomorrow. And Alfred, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. It really is my pleasure. Thank you, Ashley.